Tori. Hello. Hi. Hey. So fancy meeting you here on the internet. Yeah. Strange. Wild. We've never done this before. No, never. It's not like we've not done this every two weeks for the past. For the past couple years? Is it two years now? I think it's coming up on two years. I feel like years. we always question how long this has been around, and I... each time we're surprised. When was when was COVID? Twenty twenty. <laughs> COVID That's was twenty. Truly why so we it might have been time. already two years. Because there was a pandemic. Because I know we started in June. It was June. I think it's a year and a half. I think this June will be two okay, years. Okay, so this June will be our our two year anniversary. Uh, but hold on, I'm already pulling it up. Season one, episode one came out June eighth, twenty twenty one. We were correct. We know our podcast. Fuck yes. Wait, no, that's three I'm years. Hyped. Wait, twenty 2020... twenty. Wait, twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one. We don't know three our... years. We know our podcast. We don't know math. It is three years. Fuck hell. God damn it. So we're at two and a half years? What? It doesn't feel like what? it. What? That's it doesn't... wild. Like, Grant, I, a lot has happened, but, like, it doesn't feel like it's been two and a half years. <laughs> yeah, bro, I got this. married and divorced. I, okay, I didn't want... <laughs> I'll cut this part out, but... I, no, I, you I, can I, keep it if they I haven't got it by now. Joke, I've hinted at it forever. Like, wow, our podcast lasted longer than your marriage. <laughs> God damn! Please keep that in. That's hilarious. I'll keep that. Keep that <laughs> in. That's We're... our ta- that's our tagline. The silly Marillion lasts longer than a marriage. I'm so glad we're at the point where we can pick jokes about. <laughs> all it. we can do is turn it back and laugh. Now that's all we can do. Oh my god! All right, Woo! that's a great place to start. <laughs> we're unhinged today, baby. What's once I found out it was two and a half years, I had it in my back pocket. I'm like, do I go for it? <laughs> do I? And you did. Do I hold back because you you're my friend? Paul. <laughs> I give you, out of all people, permission. Hell yeah. God, he just dabbed. No one saw it, but he just dabbed. Did I lose the permission with that dab? <laughs> Rights revoked. But More no, people... you can keep that in because that's fucking hilarious people who know me know i'm a dabber all right i dabble <laughs> i dabble here and there Boo. <laughs> jesus oh uh, okay so we got a long chapter to get to and i don't have anything else to talk about so let, let's get into the show let's get into book four shall we in, in three two Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Silly Marillion. As always, I am your dabbing host, Paul, here with... He just dabbed again. Here with the queen of lesbian salsa, Tori. I'm switching it up now that every time you, like, uh, like gain a new dance, uh, (laughs) kind of dance skill, I'm gonna include that in your repertoire excellent i am trying to catch them all 
Pokemon. Yes, the Pokemon of dance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> You're the Ash Ketchum of dance. Um, I love it. Hey, Paul, thanks for having me. So glad that you could be here. And you know what? We're getting a visit from some old friends we haven't seen in a while. And forever. I actually want to start out this podcast talking about what happened to them last time. Because it started and yes. I was like, I don't even... It's been, it's been so long. Which... It really has like time frame for us. Been a long time since we were with Sam and Frodo. Yeah, so it's like two weeks each. So eighteen weeks, I think it's. Been. I still got the episodes up. I can check because we weren't with them until the e- the end of the last book, right? Yeah, the end of Fellowship is when we last saw Frodo and Sam. So, We're talking about Frodo and Sam, guys, in case you didn't know that. Um, <laughs> I should have included that earlier. In, in case, case you've been on now. pins and needles, been <laughs> like, oh, do we have a special guest this episode? No, we don't. It's just me and Tori again. <laughs> we will be having another our fan favorite special guest soon, though. Because we're talking about Sam Frodo, so who else are we going to have on? Who else could it be? Yes, it is none other. <laughs> Probably not Saucer Tag. No. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, we really increased our budgeting. (laughs) Just jump scare Matthew Mercer. He just (laughs) appears in the Discord call. Uh, Okay, so yeah, our last episode of season three was August of 2023. Oh, wow. Yeah, so. It's been a good half a year. Yeah, almost. Six months. Not six months. Yeah. Because my half birthday is coming up next month, and that's in September. Okay, but it's not six months yet. September would be... Wait. My half birthday is in March. My birthday's in September, so that is six months. Therefore, August and February is six months apart. This was a very backwards way to do math, but I'm gay, so... (laughs) (laughs) I don't think... I don't think that's right. August, September, October, November, December, January, we're in February. It's been six months since we've been with Sam and Frodo. I'm counting with my fingers on a video I screen. Two ball. <laughs> I put all my math skills into doing my taxes. Like, I can't. That's why we were communication majors in college. <sighs> that's that's definitely why I'm a, oh, I was a communication major in college. And look where it's got me. <laughs> anyway. So, that's, yeah, Frodo yeah. and Sam. So, yeah, it's been a while since we really talked and addressed Frodo and Sam. So last left off, was it really just them, like getting them um, heading betrayed, off on their own, betrayed by Boromir, and then hopping up in that boat? Yeah, Boromir tried to take the ring. Frodo tried to basically do it on his own, but Sam catches up with him and basically gives him an ultimatum of "I'm not leaving your side. We're doing Loyalty. this together." Loyalty. What a what a nice heteros- heterosexual friendship, you know? Yeah, absolutely. They were Promising great to go to the ends of the earth with this Gal pals. Person. Gal pals can relate to them. Yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> it's like Sherlock Holmes and Watson. They're just really good friends. Mm. Mm. <laughs> that was for a specific subsection that of listeners. That was for a specific person <laughs> who doesn't listen to this podcast. Anyway... So, yeah, Frodo and Sam, it's now we're doing a rewind for those of you who who are reading the book for the first time, which if you like are, me. thanks for choosing our podcast to be the your gateway into the books. So, 
Thanks for joining us. I'm thanking the podcast for being the gateway to the books. Gateway to the books. But now we got to rewind because time-wise, now we got to go immediately back to where we were at the beginning of the Two Towers. It's just we're seeing things from Sam and Frodo's point of view. Oh, so we are doing a time jump. Yeah. Well, a time backflip. <laughs> okay, time backflip. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to, I feel like time <laughs> jumps are like always moving forward. Mm, time, okay, going time good point. back is like... Good point. Anyway, so we essentially pick up with Frodo and Sam crossing the jagged rocks of the Eminmuil, which is a rocky hill country, basically, that surrounds the lake where the great waterfall Rauras is. Rauras. That sounds like a Pokemon. Rauras. Rauras XD. Um, (laughs) Okay. Is it on one of my maps? Yes, it should be on one of your maps. Okay. It's right above the wet wang. The what? The wet wang, if you look at the map. That's I hate that name. It says Nindolf or hate wet it. wang. Hate it. So what? Let's, just, let's just go with the Nindolf. Are, are those like marshes? Yeah, those are mar- the marshes. Oh, uh, what was the name of the lake? Does it have a name? Oh, uh, that's Raurus. Raurus is the waterfall. The waterfall has a name. Nenhithoel. Oh, that's a name. Which means mist cool water. So from that spot, they're going east to Mordor. Yeah, east southeast, basically. Okay. Got it. Alright. Location figured out. Yeah. I found the I found the we are here. So it mentions it's the third evening since they fled from the company. Yes. And they are and they're still, on a cliff. Yeah, they're still trying to find their way through the Emin Wheel because unlike other hill regions that are just kind of, oh, hill goes up, hill goes down, it's hill stops, becomes a cliff, turns around, goes down into a gully, goes back up. It's very much like a maze to get through the Emin Wheel, especially for the hobbits who aren't used to traversing this kind of terrain. I'm just leaving the Shire, period. Yeah. And this is their first time on their own. They don't have Aragorn to guide them. They don't have Gandalf. They don't, they don't even have Legolas or Gimli who could probably help out. It's just them. Scary. Them and a packet of Lembus. Yep. Just munching down. As they're kind of going through these, Sam does notice that, like, okay, things are smelling stinky. We must be near a bog or something. And Frodo confirms confirms it. And they, they kind of commiserate with each other. Sam says... Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah. Uh, because they do catch glimpses of the distant, like, dark mountains of Mordor. And Sam says, That's the one place in all the lands we've ever heard of that we don't want to see any closer. And that's the one place we're trying to get to. And that's just where we can't get know-how. We've come the wrong way altogether, seemingly. We can't get down, and if we did get down, we'd find all that green land a nasty bog out warrant. Is it, is it a different bog than the marshes? Uh, it's, like... it's the dead marshes that they're, uh, they're okay. trying to get across. Yeah, they really have a great, um, a great trek ahead of them. Yeah, 
And but like Frodo's still like dedicated. He's like, okay, I know it's hard to get there, but we we have to. This is my. I have doom. no choice. He calls it his doom. Yeah. Uh-huh. To go to that that shadow yonder, so that a way will be found. But will good or evil show it to me? Only one way to find out. Frodo being real poetic over here. <laughs> but okay, and I also like how already Sam is tired of the Lembus as well. He's like, it's better than nothing. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. I never thought, though, when I first set tooth in them, that I should ever come to wish for a change. But I do now. A bit of plain bread and a mug. I half a mug of beer would go down proper. I've lugged my cooking gear all the way from the last camp, and what use has it been? Not to make a fire with for a start, and not to cook. Not even grass. You're like, can it get any more cheery? And yes, it can. Or they're even just yes, tired of Lembus. Enough to want just a plain piece of bread. No butter. Just bread. And as they've been, like, making, like, camp up against, like, cliff sides because it's the only shelter they can really find, and they've been cold and miserable, and they've also been very on edge because they know that Gollum is pursuing them. On edge physically and emotionally. But um Hey, <laughs> Uh... Because they remember seeing him in Moria, and they recall him following them down the river. So it only stands to reason that he's basically pursued them this far. And they only know that because his beady, not even beady eyes, his giant saucer eyes yeah. keep appearing in the dark. Those eyes, those eyes did give me a turn. I do love it. Whenever I see eyes flickering in the dark, like animals' eyes, that always like sends shivers down my spine. It's very it's like, cryptid. It's, yeah, it's very, very like cryptid. Bigfoot in the woods. Yeah, Bigfoot in the woods or my our fucking cats, uh, just <laughs> like always watching you. <sighs> and then there's a, just a bunch of descriptions of just how horrible the Emin wheel is. Just like they go one way and then they're forced to go down a gully and they get stuck. And then it's like, mm-hmm. okay, well, now there's just a cliff face here. We have to go around another way. It's like the most annoying part of an MMO when you're trying to get through a zone that just the terrain is absolute shit. And you're like, how the fuck do I get through here? It's and trying to mine upset. for diamonds in Tears of yeah. the Kingdom in the Goron world. Ugh. Lots of climbing, lots of falling. And on top of that, they have giant hobbit feet. So how are they supposed to climb anyway? Yeah, they're not... Hobbits aren't particularly good climbers. In fact, Their they don't feet do... were meant for grassy hills and slopes, not for rough cliffs to climb up and down. And they also don't like heights. Like, hobbit houses never have a second story. That's why they're so short. <laughs> <laughs> because they're scared to get taller. Yeah, they're afraid of heights. It makes sense. I love that. <laughs> Why isn't he growing any taller? Oh, he's scared to get taller. <laughs> and then they reach a point that they need to go down. Yeah, they, they reach a point where they need to go down. And they have this debate about who's going to go first. And Sam's like, I'll go first because if I fall and you're below me, I'm just going to hit you and we're both going to fall to our death. So I'll go first. So no sense in killing two with one fall. Mm-hmm. Sweet Sam. But just as, like, this cute thing, 
Before Frodo could stop him, he sat down, swung his legs over the brink, and twisted round, scrambling with his toes for a foothold. It was no doubt... It was... Uh, it is doubtful if he ever did anything braver in cold blood or more unwise. No, no, Sam, you old ass, said Frodo. You'll kill yourself for certain going over like that without even a look to see what to make for. Come back. He took Sam under the armpits and hauled him up again. <laughs> That's so sweet of him, though, to to literally, like, jump off a cliff for him. Well, it's not jumping, but he's nearly, uh, nearly jumping. So Frodo is like, I'll, I'll go down first, all right? Don't you follow till I come back or call. Uh, however, as they are, as Frodo's climbing down, there is a reminder that they are still being hunted. They're not The hurrying darkness, now gathering great speed, rushed up from the east and swallowed the sky. There was a dry, splitting crack of thunder right overhead. Searing lightning smote down into the hills. Then came a blast of savage wind, and with it, mingling with its roar, there came a high, shrill shriek. The hobbits had heard just such a cry far away in the marish as they fled from Hobbiton, and even there in the woods of the Shire it had frozen their blood. Out here in the waste its terror was far greater. It pierced them with cold blades of horror and despair, stopping heart and breath. Sam fell flat on his face. Involuntarily, Frodo loosed his hold and put his hands over his head and ears. He swayed, slipped, and slithered downwards with a wailing cry. But he's fine, because it wasn't actually that far of a drop. <laughs> they're just short. They're just small. They're just short. That's the problem. That They're just short. <laughs> Sam is worried because this creature, whatever it is, is shrieking overhead in the sky. And Sam doesn't know what to do. His master just fell down into fog and he can't see him. It's raining and storming. And They're really in so Sam now. quickly pulls out his handy elven rope that he knew he needed when they were in Lothlorien. I really love how it's like Frodo's like, we can't do anything without a rope. And then Sam is like, oh my god, rope. One of those things you have it in your inventory and you forget in a D&D campaign yeah. until the very last minute. It's like, I can't believe it. I have a rope. And not just any rope, an elven magical rope. A magnificent rope. And he ties it around a rock and then basically repels down to where Frodo is. And also note, after that terrifying scream, uh, Frodo couldn't see for a hot minute. And when he eventually could see again, he saw like the rope kind of glowing. Yes. Oh, I missed that part. Yeah. I didn't because it was elven magic. And I was like, this is it's cool. elven magic. <laughs> it's a glow in the dark rope. Yeah, there's like a moment of just like he he couldn't see and his sight was coming back and he didn't want to move because he couldn't see. But then he was like, I'm feeling better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it was like a mixture of him like hitting his head mm. when he fell down uh, and also the ring, possibly. Yeah, that's that's one of those parts of like Tolkien magic where it's like. This could be partially affected by magic. We don't know, because there aren't rules for magic. You're like, what so. happened here, Jimmy? And he's like, don't worry about it. <laughs> it happened. It's like, it could have been magic. Could have been? Yeah, could have been. <laughs> Dick. Uh, 
so yeah, Sam lets down the rope, and then I love this interaction where they are going to be carrying on, and Sam kind of looks over to where the rope is dangling. He's like, ah, oh, it's gonna, it's gonna suck. Oh wait, no, not yet. It's That's the next not part. Yet. This is still That's the first the, climb. My God, this is the second climb. I do oh, a lot it's of climbing just them in this. Describing climb after climb, isn't it? <laughs> No, Jimmy loves to do that, describing walking walking and walking and rowing and rowing and tree after tree, and now we're at climb. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, now they're just going down cliffs with rope. Fascinating. And look at this Such wonderful fun. description that Sam says. Uh, he first is amazed at how long it is. It seems to go on forever. And then Sam says, elves are wonderful folk. It looks a bit thin, but it's tough and soft as milk to the hand. Packs close too, and as light as light. Wonderful folk to be sure. Anytime but, Sam gets a chance to talk about how cool elves are, he's gonna do it. Same, Sam, shaking your hand. <laughs> you and Sam being like presidents of the We Love Elves Club. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Fredo says it's good to be able to see again. The rope does look kind of silver in the dark. Yeah. Um, and then they get to the part where they need to get down very far. So Frodo asks Sam to knot the rope around a stump, and then they'll climb down together. Yeah, and they get to the bottom, and they realize they can't get back up to untie the rope. And Sam and... says, "Ninny hammers, noodles, oh, my language. beautiful rope." Such, such, such language, Sam. I know, Samwise Gamgee. Did your mother know you talk like that? And, and he's also worried because it will. It's like basically giving Gollum very clear directions on where they are and a chance to get to them faster. Yeah. And Frodo's like, well, if you don't want so much, climb up and untie it. And Sam's like, nah, I can't. I don't know if I could do it. Ah, that sucks. It was made by Galadriel herself, too, maybe. Uh, Obviously, Galadriel did not make this rope. It was probably just an elf. Yeah, but that's what the listing is going to say on eBay. Yeah, it's like made by Galadriel yeah. herself. Not just any elf, the elf. Maybe. Uh, and Not as certified. He's thinking, as he's thinking about it, he just kind of tugs ever so slightly on the rope. And it comes loose and falls. And Frodo goes, who tied the rope? A good thing it held as long as it did to think that I trusted all my weight to your knot. And, and Sam goes, Sam is so I might. Yeah, Sam's like, oh, because like there are two things Sam is really passionate about. One, gardening; it's his job. And two, rope, because I think it's his uncle that's a roper who makes rope and taught him how to do knots. Mm-hmm. And that's just Sam's special interest are knots. His hobby is knots. He loves knots. Yeah, his uncle Andy. He had a rope walk over by Ty Field many a year, and I put as fast a hitch over the stump as anyone could have done in the Shire or out of it. <laughs> that is a handy skill to have in the situation when you happen to be climbing up and down cliffs. Yeah, and they keep, and like Frodo keeps coming up with maybe explanations of why the rope came loose. Like maybe it got frayed, but mm-hmm. Sam's like, no, look, it's still in perfect condition. Mm-hmm. And finally, they do settle it to the fact that it's probably just elvish magic in the rope that it basically obeyed sam's command when he tugged it to come undone love that love that love it 
And eventually they find a nice place to camp underneath a cliff, as they usually do while they're here in the Eminemoyle. And they are visited by a rather unwelcome visitor. Slithering down a cliff wall. I just how kind of eerie it sounds. That imagery. Yeah, down the face of a precipice, sheer and almost smooth it seemed in the pale moonlight, a small black shape was moving with its thin limbs splayed out. Maybe its soft clinging hands and toes were finding crevices and holes that no hobbit could ever have seen or used, but it looked as if it was just creeping down on sticky pads, like some large prowling thing of insect kind, and it was coming down head first as if it was smelling its way. Now and again it lifted its head slowly, turning it right back on its long, skinny neck, and the hobbits caught a glimpse of two small, pale, gleaming eyes, its eyes that blinked in the moon for a moment and then were quickly lidded again. Ew, I hate it. I hate it. That is such imagery. It of makes me just... What's that one cryptid that's just like a pale, naked creature that's always like crawling around? It's, it's just like ghouls. That's a good question, but I, I like that imagery is is so stark in my mind. Yeah, and the fact that he's like crawling down head first and sniffing, what? It's not the climbing cryptid, but it reminds me of. Oh gosh, I'm blanking on the name, but it's like a Mexican cryptid that's like part dog. The chupacabra. That, yeah. I think. All right. I'm, one sec. One sec. Uh... It's, it's it's reminding me. It's giving chupacabra back at scale walls. Yeah, this is what I'm thinking of here. I'm sending you this picture. Where are you sending it at? Oh, I put it in the it. Discord. Ew, I hate yeah. it. That is exactly yeah. it. What is that? That's exact that's a ghoul. Oh, just just a ghoul. That's a yeah. ghoul from the cryptid wiki. Ooh. That's it. Listeners. Uh I'm just gonna edit that part out because they don't they can't see the picture. <laughs> but yes, Gollum yeah, no. looks like a ghoul. Yeah, Gollum looks yeah. like a ghoul. He's just very... The fact that, like, th when they went down the cliff, they couldn't find any place to, like, put their hands to hold down, yet he's finding it, that, and he's able to do it, like, climbing, like, yeah. head down. It's, head first. Mm -hmm. I think it has a description in here where it was, like, it seemed like his hands were sticky. He was able yeah. to... Kind of like Spider-Man, but not in a heroic way. Yeah, and not... Soft clinging hands, yeah. Yeah. Ugh. I don't want to know. I want to think about hands being clingy. Mm. Uh, Sam and Fro uh, Frodo basically are like, okay, let's jump this son of a bitch. He's been following <laughs> us. Let's just take him down now. Mm -hmm. So they kind of tuck themselves up against the cliff. I believe they use their elven cloaks to kind of blend in better with it. And... Gollum comes along hissing and gurgling to himself and Sam basically jumps out and grabs Gollum and the two tussle but Gollum manages to get around and like put his hands around Sam's throat but Frodo draws Sting and holds him at sword point. Also please note clammy fingers were feeling for his throat. And he was kind of surprisingly and horribly strong. Yeah. Um, which were things I did not imagine with Gollum. Gollum is very strong for a hobbit. For a cursed hobbit. 
for a really fucked up guy. Um... Let go, Gollum, he said. This is Sting. I've seen it before once upon a time. Let go or you'll feel it this time. I'll cut your throat. Gollum collapsed and went as loose as wet string. Sam got up, fingering his shoulder. His eyes smoldered with anger, but he could not avenge himself. His miserable enemy lay groveling on the stones, whimpering. Don't hurt us. Don't let them hurt us, precious. They won't hurt us, will they, nice little hobbitses? We didn't mean no harm. But they jumped on us like cats on poor mice. They did, precious, and were so lonely. We'll be nice to them. Very nice if they'll be nice to us, won't we? Yes, yes. Well, what's to be done with it? said Sam. Tied up so as it can't come sneaking after us no more, I say. But that would kill us, kill us! whimpered Gollum. <laughs> Cruel little hobbitses, tie us up in the cold, hard lands and leave us. Gollum, Gollum! Sobs welled up in his gobbling throat. No, said Frodo. If we kill him, we must kill him outright. But we can't do that, not as things are. Poor wretch, he has done us no harm. Oh, hasn't he? Said Sam, rubbing his shoulder. Anyway, he meant to. And he means to, I'll warrant. Throttle us in our sleep, that's his plan. I dare say, said Frodo. But what he means to do is another matter. He paused for a while and thought. Gollum lay still, but stopped whimpering. Sam stood glowering over him. It seemed to Frodo then that he heard quite plainly but far off, voices out of the past. What a, what a pity, pity Bilbo did not stab, stab the vile creature when he had a chance. Pity? It was pity that stayed his hand. Pity and mercy, not to strike without need. I do not feel any pity for Gollum. He deserves death. Deserves death? I dare say he does. Many that live deserve death, and some that die deserve life. Can you give that to them? Do not be too eager to deal out death in the name of justice, fearing for your own safety. Even the wise cannot see your ends. Very well, he answered aloud, lowering his sword. Still I am afraid, and yet, as you see, I will not touch the creature, for now that I see him, I do pity him. That continues to be such a good line. I... Many that live deserve death, and some die that deserve life. Can you give that to them? That's one of my favorite things. I love kind of the dichotomy here because Frodo that we will see continuing on is very lenient towards Gollum because he knows what Gollum has experienced bearing the ring. Mm -hmm. Frodo is the recovering drug addict who sees the tweaker and is very sympathetic and is yeah. like, okay, well, let's not treat him too hard. I know what he's going through, what's going through his mind. While Sam is kind of almost more realistic in being like, yeah, we cannot fucking trust this guy. Mm -hmm. He's shady as fuck. He's too far gone. And he has that very loyal, protective, like, you could be hurt if we don't do something about it. Yeah. And... Sam is arguing, yeah, well, you're different, Frodo. He's too far gone. Yeah. And Frodo, I think, does eventually in another in a further chapter is like, well, what happens when I am too far gone, Sam? What are so you going sad. to do? So sad. 
I can't I can't imagine being Sam and try, like ugh, thinking of that. It's I mean the fan fiction writes itself at that point <laughs> when you think about it that way. But uh Frodo does spare him. He doesn't stab him and Gollum is very like, "Oh, it's so nice. Oh my gosh. Thank you for not killing me." Oh no, yes, no. You don't want to go to Mordor. <laughs> Why are you going to Mordor? You don't, don't want to go to go Mordor. There. What? It's bad. There's ashes and dust and thirst and pits and orcs. No, a nice hobbit like you don't go. And then he just starts being like, he just starts like going, Aah! just like whining when they're like, no, we're still going to Mordor. And he starts complaining about everything. Leave me alone, Gollum. You can't hurt me. Oh, my poor hands, Gollum. I, we, I don't want to come back. I can't find it. I'm tired. I, we can't find it. Gollum, Gollum, no, nowhere. They're always awake. Dwarves, men, and elves. Terrible elves with bright eyes. I can't find it. He's having kind of a fit with himself. A little bit of a tantrum slash... What is it? Like breakdown personalities kind of coming out here. Yeah, there's there's the part of him that just wants the ring. And there's the part of him that just. See, Smeagol is interesting because we talk about him being too far gone. But I think if he just hadn't been near the ring. Like ever again. The Smeagol side some... of him would have mm. won out. And mm-hmm. he would have been like a weird fucked up little creature for sure. But he wouldn't be like Murderous. as devious as Gollum. Yeah. Yeah. And But they do ask him. If he'll take them, show them the way. Yeah, show them the way Mordor. into Mordor. Because they know he's been there. They need him to essentially lead them on. But he says not now at night. They have to wait. So might as well uh, take a little rest, take a little nap. Not under the white face, not yet. <laughs> is that is that? Did he mean the moon? That's the sun, I think. Oh, uh, okay. Or is it the moon? Oh wait, no, yeah, it is the moon because it's nighttime. Yeah, so it's still too bright. They have to be. They can only be moving when it's like really dark. Mm. So, yeah, Gollum tries to run off, but Sam's ready, and they tie him up again with the special elven rope. The spe- special elven rope that just Gollum hates it hurts us it hurts us it freezes it bites elves twisted it cursed them nasty cruel hobbits that's why we tries to escape of course it is precious we guessed they were cruel hobbits they visit elves fierce elves with bright eyes take it off us it hurts us I feel like that's also why him and Sam don't get along because he's an elf hater and Sam's over here like how dare you slander them how dare you be scared of elves and their hot, sexy, bright eyes? <laughs> Get out of town. Uh, fun fact. With Gollum saying the elves have bright eyes, it's because he's worn the ring long enough that he can kind of see the other world, the spirit Whoa, world. Uh-huh. And he sees the bright flame of the elves because elves' souls are just so much brighter than humans. And it's like coming out of their eyes, and it's just very terrifying to him. Whoa. Oh, that's some cool lore. Yeah. No, I will not take it off of you, said Frodo. Not unless he paused a moment and thought, 
Not unless there's any promise you can make that I can trust. We will swear to do what he wants. Yes, yes, said Gollum, still twisting and grabbing at his ankle. It hurts us. Swear, said Frodo. Smeagol, said Gollum, suddenly and clearly, opening his eyes wide and staring at Frodo with a strange light. Smeagol will swear on the precious. Frodo drew himself up, and again Sam was startled by his words in a stern voice. On the precious? How dare you, he said. Think! One ring to rule them all, and in the darkness bind them. Would you commit to your promise to that, Smeagol? It will hold you, but it is more treacherous than you are. It may twist your words. Beware! Gollum cowered. On the precious, on the precious, he repeated. And what would you swear? asked Frodo. To be very good, said Gollum. Then crawling to Frodo's feet, he groveled before him, whispering hoarsely. A shudder ran over him as if the words shook his very bones with fear. Smeagol will swear never, never to let him have it. Never. Smeagol will save it, but he must swear on the precious. No, not on it, said Frodo, looking down at him with stern pity. All you wish is to see it and touch it, if you can, though you know it would drive you mad. Not on it. Swear by it, if you will, for you know where it is. Yes, you know, Smeagol. It is before you. For a moment appeared to Sam that his master had grown, when Gollum had shrunk, a tall, stern shadow, a mighty lord who hid his brightness in gray cloud, and at his feet a little whining dog. Yet the two were in some way akin, and not alien. They could reach one another's minds. Gollum raised himself and began pawing at Frodo, fawning at his knees. Down, down, said Frodo. Now speak your promise. We promise, yes, I promise, said Gollum. I will serve the master of the precious, good master, good Smeagol, Gollum, Gollum. Suddenly he began to weep and bite at his ankle again. Take the rope off, Sam, said Frodo. Reluctantly, Sam obeyed. At once Gollum got up and began prancing about, like a whipped cur whose master had patted it. From that moment a change, which lasted for some time, came over him. He spoke with less hissing and whining, and he spoke to his companions direct, not to his precious self. He would cringe and flinch if they stepped near him or made any sudden movement, and he avoided the touch of their elven cloaks. But he was friendly, and indeed pitifully anxious to please. He would cackle with laughter and caper if any jest was made, or even if Frodo spoke kindly to him, and weep if Frodo rebuked him. Sam said little to him of any sort. He suspected him more deeply than ever, and if possible liked the new golem, the Smeagol, less than the old. Well, Gollum, or whatever it is you're called, he said. Now for it. The moon's gone, and the night's going. We better start. Yes, yes, agreed Gollum, skipping about. Off we go. There's only one way across the north end and the south end. I found it, I did. Orcs don't use it. Orcs don't know it. Orcs don't cross the marshes. They go round for miles and miles. Very lucky you came this way. Very lucky you found Smeagol. Yes, follow Smeagol. He took a few steps away and looked back inquiringly, like a dog inviting them for a walk. Wait a bit, Gollum, cried Sam. 
Not too far ahead now. I'm going to be at your tail, and I've got the rope handy. No, no, said Gollum. Smeagol promised. In the deep of night, under hard, clear stars, they set off. Gollum led them back northward for a while along the way they had come, and he slanted to the right away from the steep edge of the Emin Wheel, down the broken stony slopes towards the vast fens below. They faded swiftly and softly into the darkness. Over all the leagues of waste before the gates of Mordor, there was a black silence. This is an instance of Frodo using the ring. Oh? Did he uh, use it to intimidate Gollum? Basically. Uh, the part where Sam says, For a moment it appeared to Sam that his master had grown and Gollum had shrunk, a tall, stern shadow, a mighty lord who hid his brightness in gray cloud. That is Frodo basically, as the ring bearer, imposing his will through the ring to command Gollum. Whoa. Oh, I don't know if I like that for Frodo. Even though it's helpful, it's kind of dark. Fun little Silmarillion question. Oh. What is one of the big things in the Silmarillion that we actually kind of see here that has an effect? It's a concept. It's not necessarily an item or a person. People getting obsessed with sparkly objects <laughs> uh no i would like to use a hint okay um it's the whole reason the feanorians are you had something to do with him sorry i blacked out when you said feanor say it again yeah the one of the it's it's the one of the, it's basically the biggest reason why the feanorians keep making poor decisions because they're obsessed they're obsessed with the Silmarils. Now they're obsessed with the ring. Because there's, there's, there's cursed magic at play. It's sort of. It's the idea of swearing oaths. Oh. Feanor and his sons swear this terrible oath by every power in the world, basically, that they will reclaim the Silmarils. And that is what binds them. And that is what forces them to do so many bad things so that they can maintain their oath. So could they have actually not broken it? Or is it just they hold is, those swears so highly? This has been a discussion because uh, this is flashing forward. Uh, the army of the dead, they are cursed because they swore an oath to fight for Isildur. And then they Whoa. didn't. And that's Whoa. why they're cursed. Oaths are very strong things in Lord of the Rings. They do have a little bit of a magical element. See, I didn't think it as yeah. an oath. I thought of it as an obsession. It's like we it, have. It's partially an oath, but like this. it's partially it's partially it's it is the obsession, but it's Frodo having Gollum swear an oath on the precious, mm. and that's it's kind of a complicated thing because. He uses the precious because he knows it's something that Gollum values. So he knows yeah, he'll very actually be responsible for that. Um, but also, it's like you're swearing on an evil object. So does that make the oath even binding? Mm. Or is it corrupted now in some sense? And that's just something I think we should keep an eye out as we carry on. The mm. effects that this oath is having 
if Gollum is keeping his oath, does it punish him for not uh, if he doesn't keep his oath? It's all that to think about. And his oath, essentially, that he spoke was, I will serve the master of the precious. Yes. and it's also Which also vague. can have a loophole, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's very vague. Because technically, yeah. the true master of the precious is Sauron. Yeah. And even then, it doesn't, it's like Frodo might not always have it in his possession. Yeah. Sneaky. Yeah. I didn't catch that's that, just, that word play that's, there. Yeah, that's one thing I really like. Uh, just the idea of oaths having this power and even Gollum kind of wheedling his way through his oath, possibly. Mm-hmm. But yeah. No, that's it. We're on book we're four, baby. Frodo and Sam. Yeah. For the rest of the book. Yeah. It's... And by that, I mean book as in the two towers. Yeah. This is, as far as interest introductory uh, chapters go, it is kind of boring up until, like, the part where Gollum shows up. Because it's just them being lost. Climbing. Climbing, Rock. being lost. Rope. And, like, lamenting the fact that they even have to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to more Frodo and Sam interactions and possibly... Uh, I need to write more of those down just to keep track of some of them because there are a lot mm. of cute moments that I'd like. Um, like one of them just being like Sam with his rope and it falls and then Frodo just starts laughing. That's <laughs> such a couples thing. Like, it's like, you goober. Yeah. Are, are, we're lucky we didn't fall to our deaths. And Sam being like, <laughs> I swear, it's the rope. It's, being it's magic. Hurt. He's like, I know how to tie knots. <sighs> You know how sensitive I am about my knots, <laughs> Don't Frodo. Don't you dare insult my knots. I am proud of them. And you made it you down can... fine. Did you die? No. Did you die? So I think I'm doing a pretty damn good job. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So yeah, now now it's Frodo and Sam time, plus some Gollum. And I'm actually kind of excited because I like doing the Gollum voice. Just it's a very good voice. Slimy and yeah. wriggly. Also, when you just... said that, it reminded me of that TikTok that was like, and our friend Steve. And you just like pan over to Gollum. Yeah. It's finally me and you and me and you and us and our friend Steve. Gollum. 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 So, yeah, that's 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 the end of the chapter. And we... We'll be going into interesting territory. I want to be analyzing this more often because there aren't as many big battles. Hmm. Uh, I'm looking for symbols. I'm looking for mm-hmm. things that, both, that they stand that oath, for. That swear one was a good one to bring up. That's yeah. cool. That's always a big thing that I think about with Lord of the Rings are the oaths <sighs> because the Silmarillion is so based on oaths. I'm like, does this carry over? And it kind of does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the butterfly meme. Is this an oath? Uh, (laughs) that's me reading Lord of the Rings this time around. (laughs) So, thank you everyone for joining us on our podcast. Not on our podcast, you're listening (laughs) to our podcast. Uh, special thanks, as always, to Wool for drawing our cover art. Yay, Wool. Special thanks to Jack Hook for our intro and outro music. Yay, Jack. And special thanks to our patrons over on Patreon at patreon.com slash the silly Marillion. Hell yeah, buddy. Yes, you can go over there and become a patron for $5. You can get a fun little extra podcast that we do where we're just shooting the breeze. 
Or you can uh, pay even more money and watch a movie with us. Last month, we watched Atlantis, The Lost Empire. That's always a good one. Uh, We should do a romance movie for uh, You know I love a rom-com. Get a good rom-com going. Yeah. You can pick out the rom-com since I have no knowledge of rom-coms. Okay. I'll have to do some digging. Slash maybe ask Finn because Finn's Rex has been great so far. True. Uh, so, other than that, I think we're covered. If you surprisingly don't follow us on Twitter, because I feel like a lot of our listeners come from Twitter, you can follow us on Twitter <laughs> uh, at www.twitter.com slash sillymerlians, plural. Same for or Insta. Email us. Uh, <laughs> email at, us. Yeah, at thesillymerlian at gmail.com. Yeah, yeah. And send us fan mail. We love seeing fan mail. Yeah, we do. It does. It makes my day whenever I read one. So, thank you all for listening. Thanks for listening to our shit. Yep, that's it. Da 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 da